Hi, everyone. Welcome to the new Grief and Rebirth podcast, Rebirth Series, where I will be chatting with special, inspiring people who have grieved, met their challenges, chosen to heal, and have experienced the blessing of rebirth. This new Rebirth Series is inspired by a comment from my son made while I was on my healing journey after my precious husband died next to me in a tragic car accident. Mom, he said, there has been nothing worse than seeing you in total despair and nothing better than seeing you able to have joy again. From my heart, I wish this for each of you. Be sure to give a listen. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you today from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey, Absolutely delighted to welcome Julie Boyer, who will be speaking to us from Vancouver Island. Julie, who is married and has an 11-year-old daughter, is the seventh inspiring interview in our Grief and Rebirth Rebirth series. She's an intuitive business and health coach, an Amazon best-selling author, and the host of Wake Up with Gratitude podcast. Julie's remarkable grief and rebirth journey began after she survived a week-long coma due to a bacterial infection after her second miscarriage. We'll be talking today about how this experience taught Julie that every day is a gift and energized a new life mission within her, which is to inspire all of us to wake up with gratitude every single day. Before we begin, I must say that I totally relate to wake up with gratitude every single day. What a blessing. And Julie, my heartfelt welcome to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here. And thank you for offering to be a part of our Rebirth series. I think it's wonderful. I think a lot of people will be inspired by your story. So how about telling us what your life was like before you got so ill? Well, first of all, thank you, Irene, for inviting me to be on your show. I really appreciate and honor the space and the time to share my story. And I think I'm going to take you with me to do my introduction wherever I go, because that was (laughs) wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of my story and my background with your audience. And, you know, before I, this happened, you know, I, um, I have a daughter, she's now 11. And I struggled with endometriosis, which is affects about one in 10 women. So getting pregnant in the first place and having a child is actually really amazing that I have one healthy child. And, you know, we got pregnant the first time there, you know, everything went well. So then we assumed that we would be okay to have a second child. And the second time I got pregnant, uh, that ended in a miscarriage at 15 weeks. And, you know, when you pass, yeah, when you pass 12 weeks, you feel like, you know, it's going to be fine, but, uh, that ended very traumatically. You know, I went to the hospital, had a surgery and then came home and, you know, I actually dealt with the grief from that experience by writing my first book, wake, um, 30 days of gratitude. So we had kind of, you know, settled in that we were going to have one child and then we kind of had an oops, you know, we, I got my dates wrong and, you know, and I basically like knew the next day I was like, I'm pregnant for sure. Like I knew because with endometriosis, sometimes you have pain with ovulation. So I kind of like knew I was like, yeah, exactly. It's happening right now. So Uh here we go. Maybe here we go. 
Yeah. So I knew I was pregnant and, um, you know, I was just more hesitant and wasn't sure. And, you know, made it to like, it was like a couple days before 12 weeks. And I started to have some similar things happen that I'd had the time before. And so I knew it was happening. So, you know, I went to the hospital, um, I went to the doctor who worked just across the street from the hospital and he saw me and he said, yeah, unfortunately, you know, you're having a miscarriage, uh, but it's, you know, it's not complete yet or anything. And we can just send you home with some drugs and you can have the miscarriage at home. And I said, no, thank you. Because my first time I'd had a traumatic miscarriage at home and which involved like EMS and police uh, breaking down the door. I could just imagine. Well, hopefully no, like that's, it's so, it's a really it's so terrible. Traumatic. I mean, I could just imagine you know, how terrible yeah. that is. Yep. It's a terrible thing. So I said, no, like, uh, no, no, let's, I want the same, you know, procedure I had done the first time because, you know, I was like, I'm not going through that again. Let's just have the procedure, take care of things. And then I can go home and I know I'll recover fine. And what ended up happening is that, um, I had the procedure and then ended up getting very unwell, went back to the hospital the next day. They sent me home again. And I was the third time I went back to the hospital, I was so unwell. It was, my heart was racing, but my blood pressure was really low and my oxygen was really low. And, you know, they ended up admitting me and within a couple of days, you know, I was um, put into a medically induced coma because I did, they realized they finally cultured, did some cultures and realized I had this invasive group, a strep, which is a very serious life-threatening infection. Wow. Wow. So how, what happened with that? So you were in the hospital, you're in the coma. Yeah. You're in the coma. So, uh, they put me in a, in a medically induced coma for a week. And what happens when you're in a medically induced coma is you're not actually asleep all the time. They like, they keep, they bring you out of it and put you back in and, you know, to try and move you. Like, it's very interesting. I mean, I don't remember any of this. Of course, my husband just, you know, he remembers. And all of this time you're trying your body, you're trying to get rid of this infection. Yeah. Well, that was why they had to put me in the coma because I needed to basically, they needed to, you know, give me the medicine and I had to be in this state because I was just in so much pain. I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, you know, it's an interesting time right now when, you know, we, when we first started talking about COVID and respiratory therapy and all these things and people being put in the ICU in a coma, like I lived that long before. So it was, it was actually really triggering for me, um, at the beginning of the pandemic. Sure. Yeah. Hearing about people like, you know, I had respiratory therapy, like that's was essential for me to live. Um, so yeah, they, you know, the course of antibiotics, they had to do a double course, which ended up, you know, after a few days, I kind of turned around and then after a week they, they woke me up and, uh, you know, and I really like, I say now, um, you know, I say that I really understand what it means to wake up with gratitude. And I do, you know, when you, so wake you up woke up because you were happy and glad to be alive, basically. Is yeah. That- was that the way you healed your trauma just simply through gratitude or were, were there other things that you did? I mean, that's definitely quite a journey <laughs> to go from so that. Tell us about that. Yeah. yeah. So from, you know, and, from then, the- and how you wrote your first book and that whole thing. I mean, oh. you went through a lot. This is, um, and the book was one of your ways of healing too, right? Yeah. So I'll touch back on the book because it was after the first miscarriage. So, you know, miscarriage is unfortunately really, really common and we don't talk about it a lot. And I, I like to talk and tell my stories now because I'm far enough away from them that the the pain isn't the same at all. And I can speak about them and, and not, you know, lose myself in the emotion of the story. 
Uh, and when that first one happened, um, I actually got a download uh, to start writing this book. And I how knew that, that. How did you get that? People will want to know about that. Julie. Okay. Did you sure. wake up with the message or did it come into your head or how did you? Well, the night that I came home from the hospital that first time, because I was just in the hospital for the afternoon and I came home from the hospital and, you know, that at that point that had been the worst day of my life, but I still pulled out my gratitude journal and I wrote my gratitude journal. Wow. So I said to myself, if I can write in my gratitude journal on what was the worst day of my life, I need to start sharing this gratitude practice. Cause I'd already been using gratitude kind of in my business, you know, with some coaching I was doing and some, some, some work with my team. But so what happened was I had the idea for the book name and what would happen is I would go for a walk. I dropped my daughter, take the bus in the morning and I go for a walk in the woods very, just a short walk through the neighborhood and the chapter would download. Wow. And then I get wow. home and start writing. Wow. So I want to know what you had to be grateful for on the worst day of your life. What did you write into your gratitude journal that day? So I wrote that I was grateful. My daughter was at daycare. Um, she only went to daycare part-time. She was quite young. She was just about two and a half. So she only went a couple of days a week. So I was grateful that she wasn't home because I was home. I was grateful. I just couldn't imagine like if she had been there, like sure. that was no, the trauma for her. Uh, then I was also grateful that the police were able to break down my front door um, because I was home alone and I was in the tub. Um, they needed to break down the front door. And then I was grateful for the, the care I'd received at the hospital. Um, I ended up, it all happened so fast. I like literally went in for surgery in between two surgeries. I got to the operating room and I didn't even have, like I still had my ring on. They're like, why do you still have jewelry on? Like you didn't even sign the consent form. Wow. Like, that's how it all, it happened so fast. Like I was just, your husband there at that time where he was racing to the hospital. So he had met me at the hospital, but at that time, um, he, we didn't know that I was going for surgery. So he's like, well, I'm just going to pop home. It was only a few minutes away. Actually, we're very lucky. I'm going to pop home. I'm going to clean up the bathroom, which, you know, I don't know how That's many to be grateful for too. It is, but you know, it's interesting. Like, um, we don't talk about men and trauma and miscarriage because I guarantee you there is unresolved trauma yeah. for my husband, um, who had to deal with that. And then nobody talks to him and asks him how he's doing right ever. They just, and yeah, so that's why he, so he wasn't there. So he comes back to the hospital and his wife is in surgery. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you send out daily gratitude reminders via email to hundreds of people worldwide, don't you? Is that so what you're doing? I did that for two years. So after the book came out, I did send a daily gratitude reminder for two years. This was in 2013. So in 2013, you know, social media wasn't the same, you know, right. we really didn't have the same connections as we do with people live today. So for two years, um, you know, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I don't know if you read this on my website or something, but the second time I was hospitalized, um, which was a year and a half later, almost two years later, my husband at that time, I mean, my husband at that time, he's still my husband the whole time. Right. He we're keeping was, him. We're keeping him. Yeah, we're keeping him. At, we're <laughs> we're so keeping he was doing, uh, he was inputting the daily gratitude reminders into the, uh, email service. So I would do like two or three weeks worth ahead of time on a word document. 
And then my husband would then go and log in and enter them, you know, for the daily emails. And then they would go out every day. So the craziest thing happened, you know, he tells me the, the only time he really cried when I was in the hospital was that he went home one night from the ICU and did my gratitude reminders for me. So then the gratitude reminders kept going out. And so my list didn't even know, which a lot of them are really good. You were almost dying. Yeah. I didn't know because it kept going and it only stopped after I got out of the hospital. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. So how, with all of this that went on, yes. (laughs) Like, wow. How did you rebirth yourself? Uh, What, what did you do? How did you transit from all of this? Okay. You've got your gratitude practice, but you also invested in yourself and your business. And this, I really want to hear about ending some of your toxic relationships and living with more gratitude. So tell us how your life evolved from all of this. And a lot of people struggle with ending their toxic relationships. And did you start to end these relationships because you realized I'm grateful to be alive. I don't want these people in my life anymore. What was all that about too? I would say that came a little bit later uh, in my journey for sure. Um, You know, after I got out of the hospital, I definitely had a lot more people in my life that were, you know, loving and caring. So that was really important uh, to me to have those people in my life. Um, you know, I did have an incident, you know, with a friend shortly after that happened, which was really unfortunate, but it wasn't really related to my own healing and trauma, but it took about, it was kind of a two, two years after the, you know, being in the hospital and being in a medically induced coma and all that, and and waking up, um, was kind of when I realized that, you know, I'd always had this mission of, I dream of a world where everyone, you know, wakes up with gratitude And it took me two years after being sick to, I'd had like a list of affirmations and daily habits that I wanted to have in my life. I had it on the, on the wall of my bathroom. And the last thing on the list says, I want to wake up with gratitude every day. And one day, you know, I'm just like in on the toilet, like looking at my list. And all of a sudden I was just like, oh my gosh, that's my brand. Um, because I'd been in business already for over a decade and my brand was, what really had you done? you're talking about the business with gratitude or yeah, wake up with gratitude. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, I was Julie Boye in business and, but I wanted to like bring my story of going through this major trauma and still being able to do a gratitude practice into my business. And so, you know, there were, there was that moment I I just sat there and I looked at the list and I went, oh my gosh, that is what I do. It's wake up with gratitude. And then of course, what you do is you first make sure that that URL is available. Right. (laughs) And it was, and that was, you know, that's where the beginning of the, like sharing the gratitude journey further went. And of course, as I started to want to explore and grow, you know, my gratitude business and not just my, you know, I have another business in nutrition and health and well-being which was critical to my, tell us about that too. Yeah. Well that, I mean, that's, that was critical to my physical healing for sure. It's about my mental, but really like the fact that I, you know, recovered with no permanent and like, you would never know. And I started, you know, I started this wake up with gratitude business. And then I invested in some coaching, um, you know, for mindset, for financial mindset, all these things to try and really understand 
how I could get my message of gratitude to a wider audience, because that's really what my like deepest desire was, is to keep that message getting to more and more people. And so, um, a really interesting part in my healing journey is, um, so about a year after I, I started the brand, which still was just a blog at the time, I was feeling down on myself. You know, I was having a hard time going through a difficult time. And so what it was really cool. I think your audience, I'm sharing these little signs because I think your audience appreciates First that. Of all, right? I think they will all love this whole idea of waking up with gratitude, no matter what's going on. I think you're so inspiring to everyone and you're getting, and talking about getting your message out. This is a wonderful vehicle for getting your message out. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for both of us. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I was at the beach one day and they saw, you know, people paint rocks and the rock was painted. And it said self-love. I was like, Uh, so I did this, I decided to do this thing called 30 days of self-love where I interviewed people in my life. And I did a video and saved the audio and it was a video series. And it was, I was asking them, what do they do for self-love? And that was also a big part of my own healing journey, because as I interviewed other people and asked them what they were doing, then I started to adopt and some of their own, their habits into my own life. And that project, which was a video project initially, I took the audio from that project and then that became the beginning of my podcast. And, you know, when I think about my healing journey, um, the podcast has actually been a really big part of it. Listening to other people's stories, learning different ways to practice gratitude. And honestly, Irene, I have been doing this podcast for over two years now as, you know, it's just one of the things that I do. But I find that, especially in the past year, I spend a lot of my day thinking about gratitude, talking about gratitude, and practicing gratitude. That's wonderful. You know what? Considering that so many people are going through, feeling sequestered with COVID and all of that, and to... And to be able to still see a silver lining and have gratitude for certain things. I'm the same way, Julie. And uh, uh, it really changes um, the way you approach life. And, and, and tell me and all that. But I really want to hear about these toxic relationships. Who did you decide was out? And who did you decide was still in? And what was all that about? That was a tough one. Um, you know, I had a falling out with a friend who had really been there for me when I was sick in the hospital, very much like don't know what we would have done without this friend. And then about seven months later, this friend needed a place to stay um, for, you know, an kind of an indefinite amount of time. And so I said yes to this person staying in our home. Now I am, I, I at that time did not understand that, I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm also very introverted and I need a lot of space and time and quiet and having another person who was going through their own very difficult, very dark time in my house as an empath. And I hesitate to use that word, but I really all the way down. Yes. So it made it very, very difficult. And so I, you know, I did something that was very, very hard and it, it, did it, there was irreparable damage to the friendship. I had to ask the friend to leave without them really having a place to go. And that was 
one of the hardest friendship goodbyes I've ever had. And I, but now I look back and say, you know, if I hadn't said now, like it's time to go and heard it at that point, it could have gotten so much worse. You took care of yourself and my family. Cause my daughter, we now know is also highly sensitive and very empathic. Like she feels people's energy. Like, so that was a very hard breakup of a friendship. How is this person now? Is she okay? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. She is thriving. Absolutely. This was many years ago. This person is Good. thriving doing absolutely fantastic. Our friendship you never- did her a favor by getting her to really see things in a different way. You know what? I have no idea. And I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure or not. And I, and I know I hurt that person. Like I know I hurt them and I acknowledge that. And I reached out many years later and apologized and also reached out with reflection saying, I didn't really understand what you were going through. And I think now in reflection, I can see how hard things were for you. Um, so I also, you know, did my best to kind of try and just say, I can see it from your perspective better now with time and distance, but right. Yeah. Right. And, a, has it, and has this also been with other relationships that you had? I see. I find that when people change, yeah. the reason I'm asking you is yeah. because it also has I happened change. to me as yeah. you change your relationships, change certain people who you really resonate with, at one point in your life, this is just Irene's take, certain people who you really resonate with, with one point in your life, you change or they change and you're no longer a vibrational match with them anymore. It's not personal. It's just changed. Yeah. I mean, that happened with a really good friend, um, you know, during the pandemic and partly because partly only partly because we live on very different sides of the spectrum and we were not able to I felt like this person was pushing their agenda on me and I was like, I'm, you know, content with my decisions to follow mm-hmm. the science and that's how I feel. And I'm not changing that. And that wasn't the only thing, but, um, this friend felt that they were no longer able to be themselves around me. And I was like, well, that's okay. You know, I'm like, we're breaking up and it was hard because the, we were, our lives were really intertwined. And, um, I actually walked away from a community and I wouldn't say that the community itself was a toxic community. It just wasn't healthy for me to be in that community. Right. It wasn't the community itself continues. And the people that are in that community are it's working for them, but I had been a part of that community for over a year and it wasn't serving me anymore. And I, I felt an obligation to be there as opposed to a desire And, you know, the, the thinking of the leadership in that community and my thinking were just not aligned. And it actually, it did end up being a gift. It gave me space in my day to explore other relationships. It gave me more, um, a lot of things happened at the same time that allowed me to have a lot of creative outlet and really come into my own. And all this kind of has happened in the past uh, I don't know, like seven or eight months. So the last latter half of 2021. I always find that when things like that happen and it's not done to be mean or anything, when you take care of yourself like that, it opens up space for new things to come in Yeah, for you. Tell everybody about your business. 
and how they can connect with you. Be, you know, tell them what you do because you're just lovely. I'm just seeing behind you these beautiful photographs that you've done yourself and all. And you live on Vancouver Island, which is so stunning. How about telling us all about, because part of your rebirth is you invested in yourself and your business. Yes, absolutely. So there's, I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur and I do a lot of different things. And tell us all about and it. I'm, what I love, you know what, Irene, what I love is that we live in a time and a place where you can do different things and have different aspects of your personality. And that's okay. I don't have to be just one thing for everybody. And I'm happy with that. Um, I have spent almost 16 years uh, in a business where I help my clients with their nutrition and supplementation. I call myself an intuitive business and health coach because a lot of the work that I do is really intuitive, um, especially when it comes around nutrition and supplementation. Like when I connect with a client, you know, after having a short conversation, I usually will get an intuitive download. I will actually see what they need in my head. I will see a picture of it and I'll say, this is what I'm, you know, getting. And of course it has to do with having, you know, worked with thousands of clients, but it also, like, I just allow my intuition. Have you always been intuitive like that for when you were a kid? I think that I've always seen the world in pictures in my head. And I didn't know, I really didn't know that that was like, that's not how everyone saw the clairvoyance, right? And I, yeah, yeah I like, I didn't, I was just assumed everybody, you know, I have this trick that I use, for example, when meeting someone new, I will visualize their name in my head, like how they spell it. So I'll ask someone always, how do you, if, you know, remember the time when we met people in person? <laughs> Right. <laughs> so ask, how do you spell your name? And then I visualize a picture of their name in my mind. And that's how I remember it. And it, it didn't dawn on me for years that not everybody sees pictures in their head. <laughs> <laughs> so was I like this as a kid? I'm not sure, but I know for definitely a very long time, I do get pictures and downloads into my, into my mind. And I see them ahead of time. You hear like words the, when you get downloads, you, you hear words or you get messages. Or... It's more pictures for sure. Yeah. It's so fascinating and so yeah. wonderful. Just so wonderful. Yeah. So tell us so, about your businesses and tell us yes. how we can connect with you. Yes. So, uh, so the nutrition business, um, so that I connect with clients, I do one-on-one consultations and I also sometimes run uh, group workshops and programs, uh, that, you know, really are all about in your entire well-being and wellness. So that's one part of what I do. Uh, the next part of what I do is as a podcast host. So the wake up with gratitude podcast, which is available wherever you want to listen to your podcast. I've been podcasting for over two years. We hit a pretty exciting milestone. We hit, um, over a hundred thousand downloads just a few weeks ago. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, and I'm proud that the podcast is growing. Thank you. And I, I just love it. So it's a weekly podcast. And then I'm also, a landscape photographer, as you see by the photos behind me. Um, and that what I did with my photography was I, so I have my book 30 days of gratitude and my photography, and I made them into a set of cards and they're thank you cards or gratitude cards. They're meant to go with the book, but a lot of people just like to buy the cards on their own. Uh, and they're, the, they're pictures of things, the sunsets and other things on more sunrises, um, you know, and different pictures that I've taken here while living on Vancouver Island. So my main website is wakeupwithgratitude.com. I love social media. I enjoy being on social media. Um, the majority, the easiest way to find me on the socials is my name, Julie, and then my middle initials, which are CM, like Mary, and my last name, B-O-Y-E-R. So Julie C.M. Boyer 
on all the socials. And honestly, these days, Irene, I'm hanging out on TikTok a lot. I'm having a really good time on TikTok. Yeah, I'm, with I'm thinking of going on to TikTok. It sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, I think you'd be great on it, Irene. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And give a message for everyone about the value and the importance of healing and rebirth, Julie, having done it yourself. You know, Irene, the biggest thing is to say yes to doing the work. Um, I have definitely had a tremendous amount of healing, especially in the last year. And I said yes to doing the work. And even when it was hard and the gratitude, the piece around gratitude is that when you have a really solid gratitude practice, while you're doing the work, while you're healing, your gratitude practice allows you to stay grounded and to look for things to be grateful for. I'm not grateful for spending a week in a medically induced coma, but I'm grateful that, you know, I woke up from that. And I mean, I couldn't even hold my phone because I'd lost so much muscle tone. Wow. And so I'm grateful that I, I have that memory and that I can hold my phone and be like, there was a time when I couldn't put my phone in my hand and I couldn't type any messages. So as we say yes to doing the work, our gratitude practice allows us to get through it and to stay grounded and not get, you know, we want to do the work, but we don't want to live there. Right. Well, you know, you have people who I, I call them Debbie Downers. Instead of being grateful, they're constantly complaining about everything's supposed to be perfect and, and all of that. And this yours is so much of a better way to face life. And would you say this is your tip for finding joy in life, to find gratitude with everything that um, happens in your life? You know what, Irene? Joy is my word of the year for 2022. I decided that'd be my word of the year. And it, you know, I, I wrote, I'm looking just to the, the right here because I've, I've written it down and I said, um, this is a quote that I've got that reminds me of why joy is so important to me. And it says, joy is what happens to us when we allow ourselves to re recognize how good things really are. And that's Marianne Williamson. And that to me is where joy and gratitude intersect. Right. It's recognizing that like right in front of you, that you already have so much to be thankful for that you're just forgetting about because it's there all the time. Listen, Irene, you know, I'm sure you've had storms where you've lost electricity and the next day you're like, oh, I can turn the lights on. I can just over like all right. And it lasts for a moment. What if every day you know, you had joy when you turned on a light or opened a faucet and water came out that the two intersect so well together. That's really what my feeling around joy is, is that intersection between joy and gratitude. It's so funny. It's so interesting because I resonate so with you, Julie, because as everyone knows who listens to the podcast, I had this terrible car accident and I lost my husband and all these things happened to me, but now, but I lived and I, and I have this podcast now today, I'm meeting Julie and I'm having just a lovely time getting to know you and I have grandchildren and I'm enjoying them and all of that. So I feel that gratitude too. I could really sit in, on the pity pot all the time too, but I don't. 
And if it's okay, I'd love to share just one more thing about grief grief and gratitude. Yes, please do. Because grief is a very important emotion and it's an important emotion for us to feel and to have. And gratitude actually isn't meant to take away grief. And sometimes we can be in grief and also find gratitude. And I say that grief and gratitude can live in the same house, meaning that you can be in a a period of loss and of pain and which right now going into, you know, two years of coronavirus pandemic, there isn't a soul on this earth that doesn't have something that they are grieving the loss of. If it is not of a human life that they know they have lost many, many things. So we can grieve those losses. And then at the same time, we can find things that we are grateful for. I am tremendously grateful for my health. You know, I've, I work in health and nutrition and well-being and wellness. And just that, you know, being able to just say, I am grateful to be healthy right now. Like that is not to be taken for granted. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And not only that with your healthy body, which was so unhealthy at one point and with your healthy body, you're here inspiring other people Yeah, and giving them a different way to approach their lives, which is just wonderful. I'm really grateful that you offered to share your story of healing rebirth with us today, because I think it's special. And I think you're really special, Julie. And I want to thank you so much from my heart for this interview. It's truly a pleasure to get to know you. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and especially on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and hit notify to make sure you'll get the inspiring new interviews like this one with Julie coming your way. And if you'd like to be part of this rebirth series, please send me an email to hello at ireneweinberg.com. As I like to say, to be continued, many blessings. And bye for now.